Hello and welcome to this episode of the Ranting Atheist Podcast. Today we'll be listening to the rest of the conversation I had with Kingsley, the former atheist. And uh, this conversation went in a direction I didn't expect and <laughs> left me with more questions than I came in with. But it was a fun conversation to see that Christianity is so malleable, you can turn it inside out and wait as you like. So it's more damning for Christianity as usual. But anyway, if you are yet to subscribe, please consider subscribing. Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube, and other places you find podcasts. Then check out the show notes for links you may find useful. If you want to have a discussion like this, feel free to reach out. Should I uh, WhatsApp, social media, or email? We'll work out a time that is convenient for both of us. So now let's go and listen to the rest of the conversation I had with Kingsley, the former atheist. Aside the, no, um, one, one, one is enough if you can't remember. But the, there's a follow okay. question to the your answer of the unnecessary. Okay, okay. Now, All right. this well, is one of your many unnecessary, or is it not many? Okay, a few unnecessary. Why would you still worship such a God that does unnecessary evil? Okay, um, well, the, the, the thing is, uh, uh, worship, um, you know, w- worship and belief are somewhat mutually exclusive. Yes, you have to believe. Yes, to you worship. have to believe. believe. To yeah, of course, and you can believe without worshiping. Now, um, of course, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I worship the God of the Bible, but mm-hmm. then, um, but then, you know, one thing I feel. Um, uh, one thing I feel the Old Testament mostly is um, is um, is a collection of books that's written with anthropomorphism or um, florid or using florid uh, and uh, macabre um, descriptions um, of God. In the sense that um, I, I I made mention of anthropomorphism. Um, anthropomorphism in the sense that um, it gives human qualities. Uh, to God, like it, it, it tries to um, understand God in the sense of things that can be perceived by humans. For example, you have things like the anger of God, uh, the jealousy of God, the hand of God. Now, um, in uh, in a literal sense, uh, those things um, are not as they are described. For example, God mm. does not. Uh, so God is saying, not literally are angry. Are you sorry? Oh, in the sorry. case of uh, Uza, oh, okay. are you saying that event did not happen? Like it wasn't God that struck him, or there was no striking of no striking? Okay, okay. Let, let me let me. Um, this is going to be lengthy, but um, I will keep up. Um, there are lots of views, of course. I'm sure you are aware of that. There are lots of views uh, pertaining the Old Testament. There is the um. There is one view called. Uh, I'm trying to uh, recall the name of the view. Okay. Um, I don't think this view is pertaining this. Uh, hold up. Hold up. I'm trying to recall the name. Uh, there is one view that says, okay, the Old Testament, like the actions in the Old Testament, are done by angel. Now there is the Hebrew word for uh, God is Elohim, and Elohim is God in a plural sense. Now. 
I think there are Bible translations that have Elohim translated, even in some areas of common Bible translations, Elohim is translated as God. And to a degree, refers to angels. So one possible explanation for the things in the Old Testament is that they were actions of angels who are as capricious as humans. They had um, changing emotions as humans. But then because they were seen as um, representative of, representatives of God, they were, all their actions were classified as actions of God. Then there is another view um, that the uh, I think it's more uh, it's a non-literalist view that says that most of the things in the Old Testament are not even most all of the things in the Old Testament are not literal. So it takes um, certain characters in the Bible. Okay, I am um, I'm, I'm a combination of non-literalist and literalist. <laughs> Okay, now, yeah, okay, let, let, let me explain, let me explain, like, um, somewhat in the center. Now, a literalist, a literalist rega that regards um, certain historical um, aspects of the Bible, you know, uh, references to kings, like the um, feet of certain kings. Now, David, for example, um, okay, I don't really see David as a historical figure. I see him as more of a legendary figure because there is no outside reference or um, extra biblical reference to David. So I see him as a legendary figure, even Solomon, because based on um, extra biblical records we have, um, it seems they are more like um, chiefs of... Um, secluded um, regions in the Middle East than they are described in the Bible. So I feel the Bible greatly exaggerates um, Solomon, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, Solomon and David. Um, I see, okay, then it's possible they existed because there is a reference outside the Bible to the house of David. Um, I'm trying to report, it's not in the, it's not in Shalmaneser's obelisk. Um, there is a reference, I, I think in, um, is it in the Babylonian record? Um, but it's extra biblical record to the house of, not to David himself, but to the house of David. Okay. And that um, my view of the Bible takes a more historical tone, um, a more historical tone when it comes to certain kings like Omri. Um, Omri is uh, one of the kings of Israel whose feet, I, I think he paid three, is it, yeah, tribute to the Assyrian king. Is it Idash? Yeah, to Shalmaneser, I think. He paid tribute to one Assyrian king, and this is recorded in an Assyrian clay tablet in a record. So Omri is one king in the Bible that I can consider a historical uh, person. So then, all these, um, all these, um, so these are the things that enabled you to keep worshiping this god. Oh, okay. No. Uh, well, uh, the thing that enabled <laughs> to keep worshiping this God, I think of God as um, all good, quite all right. All good, but See, despite, okay, no, despite no, the unnecessary okay, evils, okay, 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 I don't okay. see that as a contradiction as a philosophical person. A contradiction, you see. Um, 
I I I take <laughs> that's what I said no, like no, you, you are the philosophical person. That's, that's why I put it to you that way. Like I know, all, I know, I understand. An, an all good person is doing unnecessary evils. It's, like it's, it doesn't you know, matter. Um, my my views are you know. <laughs> It's possible there are Christians uh, who would listen to the po- this podcast, and sure. my view goes uh, against the yeah, unconventional. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, let me, which let me tell you one, things, sorry, there one are things. One side, there side, are side, things. side, side. Okay. Whenever I deal with a Christian, it's okay. always about what the person believes, because for as um, the, the Christian theology is is as many as the Christians that exist. If you analyze every Christian's theology, there's there's always variation. So that's why it is always a case by case. case, by yes, case. there are places so where the Venn diagram intersects, but in general, okay. the most it's always about what the person in particular. That's why it's always about the person I'm speaking with. So it's all about okay, you. yeah, okay, all right. So are you are you perchance familiar with Gnosticism? Mm, kind of, yeah. Kind of. Um, you know, there are certain. Yeah, Gnosticism is a is um Gnostic Christian like it's a faction of Christianity that is so unconventional that they are um it's considered a heretic version, a heretical version of Christianity. So Gnostic Christianity, there is a, um there are sects in Gnostic Christianity. One of such sects is the, uh the Sethians. And one of the, there's another thing called the Kethars. They view the Old Testament God <laughs> as evil. So they, it's called um, the Demiurge. Um, it's influenced by um, this idea is influenced by Platonism, Neoplatonism. Um, there's a concept called the concept of the Demiurge. Now the Demiurge is considered a deity below the one true God. Now the one true God is seen as all. Um, pervading, like it's called the monad. Now, the demiurge, though Plato's version of the demiurge is uh, a good creator of the material universe, is Plato's version of the demiurge, a good creator of the material universe. But then, um, the Christian version of the Gnostic Christian version of the demiurge thinks that the demiurge is the evil creator of the immaterial universe. And which is why the um, material world is so flawed. So is that what so is, is that what making is... you still worship this God? Okay. Uh, so um, the thing is, I <laughs> okay. You know, it's a very sensitive thing, especially for Christians, which is uh, all the kind of Christians around here. Which is why it's I about kind the, of uh, major audience. Any Christian that is listening to this is on the way out of the door, whether they know it or not. I propose okay. the content of this doesn't attract the mainline Christians. It is special kind of Christians like yourself who have okay. who are who have uh, looked outside. You know, that most Christians are locked in on the Bible. You have, Bible, you have obviously okay. looked outside. So okay. So the thing is, um, okay, I do not think the God of the Old Testament is the true God. <laughs> mm. It's not like okay, okay. So I kind I'm, of see reasons. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed and shocked. I never saw that coming. Okay, okay. The thing is, I see reasons with Gnostic Christianity. Okay, like the views that it, there is a secret gospel called the Apocryphon of John. There's even another one called yeah, the Gospel of Judas Iscariot. Fact, I hate, yeah. I hate that there are 
they are they were eating something as just this food that made the final cut yeah uh yeah of course there are lots of gospels uh the ones i'm acquainted with i uh, you know gospel of Thomas, questions of Bartholomew. that's the extra biblical gospels i mean uh gospel of Thomas, gospel of Bartholomew, gospel of philip uh, the Gospel of Simon Peter, the Gospel of Nicodemus, um, the Apocryphon of John, Gospel of Judas Iscariot. So, so, you, see, so apo- you see, you're kind of Christian, the type of person that that we okay, so listen you see, to this. So. <laughs> okay, so the thing is, I didn't. Uh, I only said I was a big fan of the Old Testament. I didn't really. Want, I don't really want to incite some sort of. Uh, <laughs> See, there's already there's already civil war See. in Christianity. That's why there are over forty thousand denominations. So I don't you should not be bothered. I think you can even start your own denomination if you have the finance. Well, <laughs> do you understand? Okay, so, so I I, I grasp mm-hmm. I grasp. So, so that um, is why. Okay, so okay, yeah. so um so I, I actually worshiping the God of the Old Testament. That's what's no. what's Exactly. So I I believe you know the according to the apocryphal John said like that God had the monad that's considered the ones who God God or the creator of like the monad is seen as identical to the universe. Like he had a daughter called Sophia. Sophia wisdom. So Sophia gave birth to the demiurge. Now she, I don't know. She, she was kind of ashamed of his form. This stuff is breaking. Is my voice breaking? Is my breaking. My voice breaking. I'm not at all. Can you hear me now? Why is it breaking on my own? Your voice, your voice is breaking. Can you go out and come in? Let's see whether that will. Okay, hold up. Uh, okay, wait. Hold on, hold on. Your voice is clear now. It's clear. Oh, okay, okay. okay come so did um like the uh the monad had a daughter called Demiurge. You know, usually in mainstream Christianity, God is considered a trinity, but in Gnostic Christianity, it's treated as God in four. God in four mm. places. Yeah, God in four. There's God the Father, God... Okay, mm. There's God the Father, there's God the Father, this. God, God, God in the Father, then there is Barbello, considered the wife of God, God the mother. Okay. Then there is God and um, Jesus Christ, the son. Then there is Sophia, wisdom, the daughter. So Sophia gave so birth to the spirit has been ghosted on this particular set. Okay. Okay, so Sophia gave birth. According to the Gospel of Jesus Christ, there are actually 13 races of gods. 13 races of gods, and Jesus is considered the son of the highest God. Mm, so yeah, that's what makes him special. According to exactly according okay. to the gospel of Judas Iscariot. So, um, in that gospel, I've not read it extensively, but in that gospel, Jesus called Judas the 13th demon and uh, the 13th daimon, which is Greek for spirit. So, he called him the 13th spirit or the 13th daimon. So, he said he was he's an earthly representative of Yaldabaoth. Yaldabaoth is the name, the Gnostic Christian name for the God of the Old Testament. Yaldabaoth is from the Aramaic Yaldabaotha, child of chaos. So, he said he Wait, was. Say Yahuda? So, no, Yal, no, Yahuda is, is Judah, Judah in Hebrew. Okay. Yaldabaotha, okay, okay. child of chaos. So, according to the Gospel of or the Apocryphon of John, like he was unaware of planes of existence higher than his. So, you know, when Sophia, his mother, gave birth to him, 
she wrapped him in a cloud and sent him to a lower realm. So he was not aware of realms higher than him. So according to the portrait of John, in his foolishness, he said, there is no God before me. So that, yeah, according to, but prior to that, it was Jesus making this exposition, but prior to that, um, when he was, you know, when they were um, observing the, um, the Passover or the Last Supper, Jesus asked the question, he said, who do you think I am or something of that sort? Or he says, um, who do you pray to? So they, they, um, they said they prayed to the God of Abraham, the one that was revealed to us by ancestors. Jesus laughed. So Jesus laughed. So Jesus laughed. He said, he said something about, um, oh, I, I, I can't recall that. Okay, I'll skip that. Them, them. Yeah, he mocked them. Something about, he said, your um, piousness, like you give your piousness to um, something that he got that so obsessed or so engrossed in trivial things like this. Mm -hmm. Now, so, see, see, let's pause, pause before we go into the, the deep end. Okay. <laughs> My the challenge with what you are telling me now is, the character of this Jesus is different from the ones in those four. Do you not see it? Of course, of course. It's it's very it's pretty obvious. So Jesus is misrepresented in the Bible. In the, it's okay. Yeah. Um. Well. Uh. Okay. I would say. Um. To an extent, yes. But in this. Apocryphon, he is still sacrificed, he is still laid to the cross, mm -hmm. but not it in was the something he, of events. No, no, but it was something he orchestrated himself. He asked Judas to betray him, said, mm -hmm. Remove the man that clothes me. Okay. Like, remove the man, like, free my soul, remove the man that's clothing me. So, um, now, I let me, let me interrupt you. Okay. Sorry. Okay. You, okay. With what you have described now. As an atheist looking outside now, what we are seeing is the gospel of, is that Judas or Thomas you just uh, described? The gospel of Judas? Judas. Now, it's even making it more obvious that what could have happened then is everybody was trying to write their own gospel to make the cuts. And Judas's own was just to amongst others just like gospel of thomas and all that were just too bizarre that's why the ones that they are calling matthew mark luke and john which were anonymous are the ones that make the cut which gives it looking at it this is just human manipulation to the to the outsider it doesn't look like a god so why would the real why is the real god which you are referring to watching this whole confusion happen there are over two billion people who do not buy into what you are or what you have what you believe in okay. correctly if what you are saying is the truth then the vast majority of the christendom is going to burn in is there still hell fire in that gnosticism like no, not at all. Not at all. Okay, so the, the, okay let me let me. It says the thing is this. It says um, those who have ob um, obtain gnosis, secret knowledge, those who obtain gnosis would be transfigured or um, yeah, would become incorruptible. That they would be admitted into 
although become one with the one that's the monad as those that believe no not those that believe those that are tenuous those who are able to stand against the whims of the demiurge that's the lesser god okay would at um, would, would that's the attain knowledge of the personality of the lesser so god the demiurge is the god that's deceiving all the christians now See, you're, uh, you're an atheist, so feel free to say what. No, no, no. Uh, okay. Uh, like, what is happening now? What is, is happening now is uh, what I want to find uh, out. I want is to someone to... like me that doesn't believe in the monad, the demiurge, the Yahweh, the Jesus, that doesn't buy it all. What happens to someone like me? This, uh, it doesn't explicitly say for those who do not believe at all. It just says like those who are able to break away from the worship of the demiurge which i have done so uh, i'm going to be called the god oh mashallah <laughs> okay okay so um you know this form of it's not really something i discuss with you know my christian parents they, they can't accept it's it it's not, people like like it's us not, that we that we it's not really it's not really something if you scatter uh, their brain they'll call you a devil i can assure you (laughs) yes so um but then you know um you see the reason i um okay i i would confess one thing this narcissism is not really something i have fully um, immersed myself in i see how some sort of doubts in a way that uh what if uh, the god that actually exactly what if this is wrong and the the god you know that's this question you're asking is what i asked what if you are wrong in the nazism and the the mainstream to what if they are wrong and now let's even pivot you know we have gone too far but now why is it the christian god why didn't you give the muslim god or yoruba god or whatever deity other deities apart from the one you grew up with or kind of you know why didn't you consider the um, allah because we both okay. agree that allah is a different person from yahweh he doesn't have a son okay then yeah you I, have, I, I understand um, like we have, um, Brahma, you have traditional we have gods here in our yeah, country yeah. so why didn't you buy into all that yeah, but okay okay um, yeah traditional so god the thing is uh what i believe in i i admit i okay in terms of religiousness i am more christian but what i believe uh, the kind of god i believe in is an all-encompassing one like i believe in the concept of god not uh, a specific uh religious god no 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 you just call you don't call it except that tweets is very old Use Judeo Christian. Christian, uh, yeah. With mm-hmm. That I said with no, I said theistic. Like I'm a theist with uh, um, unaffiliated to a specific religious garden, but with um a religiosity Lenin. that's Lenin. that that's what I'm saying now. That in terms of religion, like I always not, I have Judeo Christian leaning. Okay. Judeo Christian leaning, like when it comes to religion, but then whenever I always argue for uh god i always argue for the concept of god which, uh, because i i would i yeah um i would um i would say um no when it comes to you know really i i would admit when it comes to religion um or you know arguing for a specific kind of religion it's way hard it's way it's way harder compared to arguing for the concept of god i mean you know 
given that I'm someone who does not really uh, like bias, uh, you know, if I want to argue for which religion is right, I will definitely have some sort of bias. So which Everybody's why I coming tend to, from a bias. I even exactly. if I'm coming from a bias. Uh, I understand. Yeah, I have, um, you know, my, 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 my bias, of course, is one that, um, that embraces um, an ideology that has uh, God as the ground of all things. That's my bias, quite all right. But it's a bias like a lot of people, a lot of religious people can relate, can relate to. So, but then I don't really like this idea of, you know, divisiveness in religions, which is why I tend to avoid discussions that um, pertain, arguing for a particular kind of God. Okay. So, yeah, since, um, you know, like, arguing for the concept of God is more unifying than arguing for a particular kind of God. Um, that's, it's, is uh, is a big challenge for for anybody coming from mainline Christianity or mainline Islam, Islam because yes. that is where their strong belief like bro you're a fucking heretic let me just put it that way <laughs> you're a fucking heretic to the average believer you meet on the street so that's why I do that this is a place a good place for you to, to say your mind there you get. So I had to ask you that Muslim, why you didn't consider Muslim? And it's it's obvious you had your Christian bias. Is it fair to conclude that? Okay, I didn't catch that. Like you said, you've always been Christian leaning. Oh, that yes, is why yes. you are more on the Christian God side. Yes. Instead of the any of the other four thousand Brahma, Ramazda, like you even know about Brahma. Many Christians don't know who the fuck Brahma is. You understand? Okay, too. yeah. Um, I, I think I should let you know, at a point I considered Hindu philosophy. There is one philosophy that has an atheistic leading. It's called Mimamsa. Okay. I think he, um, Hinduism is divided into six kinds of philosophies. Nyaya, um, Advaita Vedanta, Samkhya, um, Yoga, um, Vaishashinka, and Advaita Vedanta. So why didn't so, you consider um, it? Why, why did you not? Um, Imamsa, like, you know, <laughs> I would say, you know, I have gotten uh, used to this, um, this Christian notion of, you know, shy from other religious beliefs and kind of thing. So let's say it's old habits. So it's old habits that I kind of thing. It's the most we, we say so. from that perspective because what happens with religion, it's um, the, the way the way me I see it, it acts like a virus. Where when you are infected with one, it will not allow you to be infected by another. That is not that is not in his family. Family. <laughs> that's the way me I so, see it. You know me, I'm a non-believer, so, so I don't. Okay. That's the way me I, I see the religion. So that's why when you believe strongly in Islam, you see Christianity and you see all the flaws clearly. The Christian, we see the flaws of Islam clearly. But you, the atheist that is looking at them like, you, you have COVID, you, you have SARS. <laughs> it's coronavirus we both have, but do you understand that's the way I see it, uh, okay. Christianity so, and Islam? is They are both coronaviruses, but one is SARS, one is uh, COVID. 
Okay, but the, 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 the thing is, you know, one argument, uh, one evidence for, you know, when um, in philosophy, when we use evidence, it's something that increases the likelihood of um, um, a particular entity occurring in reality or occurring as a, um, uh, um, as a truth. So um, one thing I consider an evidence, not a definitive proof, is that as an um, one thing I consider an evidence for the existence of God is the fact that people from diverse areas all have the idea of a transcendent reality, one that transcends um, space and time, uh, one that yeah, one that transcends something um, our that they are looking up notion. to. Sure. Up to yeah, like, but uh, the thing is, um, we all have a burden of proof, atheists or theists. Now, a lot no, of atheists like atheist to doesn't see, really. The atheist so. doesn't. The, okay, okay. A lot of people. Okay, like let to me see. explain why the atheist doesn't, so that okay, you okay, get okay. it now. Me and you and the third person, we are friends, and you come to my house one day and i tell you i have a pet dragon in my backyard no what would you believe me because i said i have a pet dragon in my backyard so now would if you i said no me no no okay, what, what would you request of me show me show you the dragon fine yes i take it to my backyard the dragon is done there but i show you a burnt wall i show you some scratch marks on the wall and i show you what i say is a dragon skill would you still believe me the dragon went on a flight to okay okay i would i would say it's likely but i still can't see any dragon good so when are you left when are you supposed to believe me so as you are now I, i'm telling you now what 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 you are when you say the atheist needs to have a body of proof okay. is me telling you my friend to prove that that dragon doesn't exist okay no no that's, no, no. I, I that's think you're what you are doing okay you are withholding your belief something. in the existence okay, of I that dragon i i, I, I think is that not what you are something. doing I think, of course, I'm with that is exactly belief, what then, the atheist is but, doing but then, when it regards to the existence of God. Okay, they are okay, not believing now, any God exists till the person that says the God exists proves it. Proves it. Okay. Now, when you reject the claim that the God exists, now are you not implicitly making it? Now, one, one thing a lot of a lot of people, especially new atheists, don't realize is the burden of proof. Is on the person making the claim, whether they are atheist or theist. You don't still get my point. You are the one saying God exists. That, Me, I'm saying I don't I believe. No, that's what. That's so what. That's what. Um, you, that's what. I'm, calm I'm down to prove now. to you when I say I don't believe calm you. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. That's what. That's what I'm trying to explain now. Okay. Why I said you have a burden of proof. Okay. Why I said you have a burden of proof. Now, when you make the claim, like the burden of proof in at least in philosophical spheres is. On the person making the claim, it doesn't matter whether they are atheist or atheist. What the what's the claim of the atheists? If I'm now, when you say you disbelieve, when you say you reject a claim, are you not implicitly making another claim by rejecting one claim? You're saying that it has to be something else other than what you are claiming. Do you see that you are doing what I said concerning my dragon? 
calm down. You are calm doing down. what's what. No, you are doing exactly the God, same God, thing. God, you know, the statement "God does not exist" is a claim. Do you see the problem? That's what I always try to draw out. No, you are the like, one saying God exists. God, no, I say I don't course, believe you. I don't God believe exists, you. God exists. God exists is a claim. I don't believe you. Now you don't believe me. So now, you automatically say, you say by you me saying I don't believe, believe you mean automatically saying God does not exist. No, no, that's what I was about mm-hmm. to explain now. So where did Calm God down. did not does not exist come from? Because now, you are saying implicitly okay, okay, I am okay. saying it by saying I don't believe you. Okay, I am saying like, okay, God does not wait, exist. You're not. You're not. You're not of the opinion that God does not exist. I'm not of that I, opinion. That's not my opinion. Yes, I don't just believe. Okay. You're not. You're not explicitly. Which means, okay, in that case, okay, my apologies. Then, in that case, what you have is the burden of inquiry, not the burden of proof. So that's to say, you do not believe like um, you're in terms of knowledge or in terms of certainty, you are agnostic, right? That's why they are agnostic atheists now. In fact, every atheist, atheist is agnostic if they are honest. <laughs> no, there are actually atheists that explicitly say Yes, yes. I say if they are God, honest. The reason why I say why they are if they are honest because it is impossible to know 100% for sure that a god that any god of any sort exists is impossible. You don't have the tools and the ability to do the inquiry that required that, that is required to find out if for real. You cannot cope this whole universe. Okay, but um, that is why it is never a hundred percent. If you are going to claim know, God does not know, exist, okay. Do you know that there are agnostic atheists and um, agnostic theists? Forgive me. Yes, no. There are agnostic yeah. theists. So, do they have a burden of proof or not? They do, because How? they believe. It's just that they say they don't know. So they are like, okay, they I don't know. know. They say they don't know that so God that's, exists, that's but I believe. Like, I believe. I God believe, exists. But, God where, exists. but when you say you don't, like, what's the difference between that and saying I don't believe? Agnosticism. I believe. Me, I believe. See, I believe is, sorry, you know, you know, like you said, agnosticism it yourself, you just, and atheism are two different questions. So you get. I understand. Agnosticism uh-huh. answers certainty. Atheism answers belief. Um, belief, but of course, of course. Now, calm down. When you say um, I don't believe, you're not. Um, so when you say I believe, are you? Making a, st- a statement of knowledge of um of epistemic truth, I believe. So, are you making a statement of set? Forgive me, a statement of certainty, not epistemic truth. Are you making a statement of certainty for the agnostic? You know, for the no, for the theist, for the theist. Are you say? Are you making a statement? Um, a statement of certainty. Like when you say, "I believe," are you making a statement of certainty? Now remember, it's certainty. Um, it um, only statement, statement, statement of, of epistemology. That's the agnostic theist. Now, the only thing that requires, um, in this case, epistemic justification, that is to prove that you know that something. Um, you prove to prove that you know that something um, has a, a chance of likelihood or has a um, the highest likelihood or probability. Now that's. Um, that that's um, epistemic justification. That that's called epistemic justification. Now, when you say you believe, are you making, are, are you epistemically justifying, or are you making a statement of epistemic justification? Now, compared to you know, I know. Now, which of them requires you to give evidence? I know or I believe. I know. Exactly. So, does the agnostic theist have a body of proof? No. Exactly. So, if the agnostic, <laughs> if I want to, if I want to circumvent 
the idea of burden of proof, I would just say that by your own, um, by what you view. So you're agnostic, sorry, you're own, an agnostic theist. Brother, um, by what you I can claim I'm an agnostic theist and I will circumvent the burden of proof. It's but not then, circumvent um, if you like, no? Then there's nothing, the discussion is, is ended. There's nothing to discuss anymore. That, that's why, that's why uh, I think burden of proof uh, takes a uh, different step. Like the burden of proof now is... You still, in, you, you, you are still bringing it back okay. to my uh, dragon analogy. You okay, don't believe okay. my dragon is real. So you yourself will have to prove my dragon is not real. Do you accept that burden of proof? I didn't catch that. Sorry. My dragon analogy. Okay. I I showed you. I told you there's a dragon, but all I did was show you bone marks and what I what I claim to be dragon scale. Okay. And yet you don't believe me. The body of proof is on you to prove that that dragon doesn't exist. Then I will make an argument from the evidence of absence, or the absence of evidence. Oh, the absence of evidence so is the evidence of absence. that I could I could. I, I could, all the evidence of absence, I could make um, an analogy, like I could explain why it is less likely for that dragon to exist. So when you say, when, um, when the... Um, so you accept the burden of proof why, of my dragon, uh, proving my dragon is not real? Yes, I accept the burden of proof. Okay, calm, that's what I'm saying, let me explain it. Okay. You have to calm down first. You have to calm down first. So when... Um, the believer asks, like, why do I not believe that I should show that it is not the case? Now, remember, we are both making statements, statements of um, at least some level of certainty. The believer says, I, um, um, I know that the dragon is there, but I, on the other hand, do not believe it. So I would point out, for example, like most atheists, what they do is they point out um, incompatibilities in certain ideas of God, like, for example, you can't have free will and God is omniscient. So, and um, once contradictions arise in the nature of a particular thing, it is less than likely to be true or to exist. So the atheist could then point out, I do not believe so, so, and so, because when you consider the statement you're making and when you consider the attributes of the thing you claim to know, certain contradictions arise so and it's been shown that things that are contradictory in nature things that contradict themselves in nature are less than likely to be true so that's one way the atheist okay the burden of proof is not as intense as the one he says has by saying there is a god and that they know for sure so, so what you are basically saying is like the atheist body of proof is not as heavy as the, as the believer. Uh, not as heavy as the one the believer has. The atheist can show inconsistencies. So, but the believer has to show why even despite those inconsistencies in their claims, their, um, their, their, their claim is true. It is one way to, um, you know, to go around this body of proof thing. I'll be. In, I'm. I'm. I think I'll. 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 I'll, I'll be in agreement with you on that. Like, if that's what you consider burden of proof, wherein, uh, because I personally, evidence or absence, it feels. It feels dismissive. It feels dismissive, even though yes, I agree with it in a way, but it feels um dodging the arguments. But with the contradictions, that's what we that's what's what's a lot of this is. I do that from time to time. 
the contradiction in what God, what they claim God is and how he acts. And you understand, it's almost yeah. like a so, square um, circle kind of situation. Kind of, exactly. So um, that's one thing. And um, another thing, you know, like I said, I'm not like a conventional um, theist. In Which I love. That so. there, there are things like, you know, I'm more of God is infinite than God is perfect. Like perfection is too limited. Like it limits God to a great degree. So I'm more of which the makes him an asshole that, and good at the same time. He's a good asshole. So uh, yes, <laughs> if you are going to stretch it that far. Okay, 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 okay. I will concede. I will concede. I will concede. I will concede that. I will concede that. I, like, I, I think we can yeah. we can stop it because me and you will go talk here till twelve midnight. I don't know this year. This this is <laughs> let us let us call it a close. We have okay, okay. We have had we have had a one hour plus fun. Okay. You know. So it's you see why it's important to get your own perspective. I will never in my wildest dream think we'll get to this point. <laughs> <laughs> I was I thought they prepare for the for the classical Christian and alas you are not uh, you are not somebody that we I, I can come across on the streets if not for the internet. So it's also, it's fantastic uh, talking with you. Okay, so the the thing is when I say I see myself becoming Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. yes, good good good, um, good remember. Okay, yeah, uh, it's you know you know I I feel you know back then at school I was a member of the Catholic Church. Okay. So I felt, you know, you know, at some point we have to have some sort of social gathering or social group. Yeah. So I feel the spirit. Some of these questions um, I asked as a theist, I felt for posing them to um, members of the Catholic Church that they gave free answers. You know, they are not the kinds that would say, why would you ask such questions? You can't question God, mm. things like that. So I felt free with them. They gave certain, and there was one question I asked them. I asked, it's a philosophical, uh, it's a, uh, it's a philosophical quandary, a problem. Like, can God create a rock so heavy? He can't create it. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't hear that entire, like, that's a, that's a whole four question. <laughs> So um, one answer, one though even Hindus they've attempted that uh, to solve that quandary. Uh, one said something about you know one argument is God exists in multiple forms of reality, more in various possible worlds, and He exists in a possible world where He can't lift the rock. At the same time, He exists in one in which he can actually lift the rock. So, you know, if God can create a rock, that's or sorry, he exists, can have it. I mean, like, he exists, that's the concept of, it's called, I think, modal realism. Modal realism, like, the concept of that possible worlds, like, idealizing possible worlds, actual, uh, makes them actual. Like, he actualizes possible worlds. It's called, I think, modal realism, like, If we uh, go by idea. that, we can, we can put that philosophy on the MCU and DCU and all that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like all those, all those things, and like various companies. is real somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Of course, of course. You can actually. That creates, that creates a lot of problems <laughs> because you can imagine. Uh, like, dragons exist somewhere. We have Queen Daenerys somewhere. 
Damien is somewhere. Uh, Do you get all really, these things? Like a lot of imaginary yes. characters will start having foothold, and that creates uh, problems. And that is one of the problems with religion. So it is in, in, a lot of religions claim to be reality when there's supposed to be fan fiction. In fact, all of them. <laughs> okay. The, the thing is this. The thing is, um, in when we talk of possible worlds, worlds that are possible as worlds you cannot. Um, world, a world, world you cannot think of some sort of contradiction in, in uh, existing in them. So, um, um, it's an argument called it's an argument called the modal ontological argument that says that that we can't perceive of any form of contradiction in the nature of God, which means God exists in the possible world and. If God exists, um, God exists in possible world. He exists in the actual world or something in various possible worlds. Rather, he exists in the actual world. But then, um, a philosopher should have um, that um, that arguments can spawn a defeater or a contradiction. Now, one can think of um, a possible world in which there's something called a no no. Now, a no no is a creature that knows that there is no God. And it has the evidence for it. Now you cannot conceive of any contradiction, or you cannot when you think of the concept of a no no, you cannot think of any contradiction in it. It knows that there is no God and it has the evidence, which means it must be in every possible world, <laughs> or at least one possible and really in every possible like world that there is a no no. Because that is just wow. a it's philosophical so, like, definition into like, existence, yeah. yeah. But where Yo, can we find you? you? Do you want us to find you online? Where can we find you? Oh, okay. Uh, on Twitter, uh, I am Java Warrior. Okay. But you see me on Twitter most of the time. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, now, for all those controversial angles, you will see me, Sha. Okay. All those kind of controversial angles. Yeah, no, go go jam for that street now. Go jam. No, wala, nah. go jam. No, wala. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please subscribe up Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube, and other places you find podcasts. Then check out the show notes for links you may find useful. If you want to have a discussion, reach out via email, WhatsApp, or any other social media handles. We'll work out a time convenient for you. Have a great week, and I will catch you on the next one.